passages, living for treasures in heaven. Say treasures in heaven. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we dive in, let's pray and ask God to be with us. Father, we thank you for your presence that's in this place already. We thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy in our lives. Thank you for the journeys that you are taking each and every one of us. God, some of us come here with burdens on our shoulders. Some of us come here with pain in our hearts. Some of us come here with physical ailments. Some of us come here asking you to do miracles for family members or people that we know. Some of us are coming here praying for our kids, our spouses, God, relationships. Lord, you know what's happening in our lives. Some of us are here, we're in financial difficulty, and we need you to move, Lord. You are not surprised by any of the issues that are represented here, but here's what we know. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are a mountain-moving God, and we trust you. And so now as we come to this part of the, of the service where we get to hear your words straight from you, Jesus, we open up our hearts to receive words of life and of power in our hearts. We open up our ears so that our minds can be transformed by your word. God, we open up our lives and say, have your way in us through your word. Do it because you're a good God and you love us. I ask that you would stand in this my body, that you would think with my mind and speak with my tongue. Say to us in this house those things that you would have us know. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. I've been thinking this week about how quickly our life goes by. I feel like my kids have grown so fast. I keep telling Samuel, our little one-year-old, uh, to stop growing. He's got to be the baby, you know, the family forever. Uh, we, you know, and I don't know about you, but we, we try to hold on no matter what. Uh, he's still growing. All the kids are growing. I tell Sarah, Sarah, your daddy's princess. You, 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 you can't grow up. You, you need to be my little princess. And she says, I'll always be your little princess. And I said, yes. I pray that when she's... In her teenage years and older, she remembers that. Bless the Lord. Amen? <laughs> so I, we, 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 we talked about some of the things that are happening. In my own family, last, a couple of weeks ago, I had a cousin who went through a difficult accident, and through complications with that accident, none of us expected it. Even my mom had just spoken to him uh, some hours before. He was all of a sudden declared dead. He passed away all of a sudden in the hospital. And our family was like, What's going on? How did this happen? That same week, a few days later, one of my other cousins who I grew up with, you, you know about cousins, right? You, you play, you, you grow up with them. I, I, uh, the one that, that passed away, uh, he was the one that introduced me to Nintendo and video games. So we have all these memories of him. But this other cousin, uh, he has been found to have cancer in his stomach. And there's really nothing that they can do about it other than just to try to make, make his life more comfortable. And we're, we're asking God, for a miracle. We're asking God to have mercy uh, on this. So during these difficult times for my family and my extended family, the you know, often the primary thing I hear from people who are in trouble, and rightly so, is God and family, God and family, God and family. God have mercy. I want family together uh, close with me. Praying and family, loved ones, crying out to the one who can save and heal. In my own life, as you know, one of the lessons I learned from the passing of my late wife, Pastor Joanne, she used to be one of the pastors here in the church, and um, was that one of the lessons I learned after she went away was that life is temporary, and temporary. During those moments, I realized how many things I had thought were very important that really were not important at all. 
And I was reminded of the most important things. I hugged the kids a little bit tighter. And I prayed to God a little bit more honestly and heartfelt. How about you this morning? How often do you and I remember what the most important things in life really are? We often spend so much time investing and collecting and, and spending our time with money and dreams and thoughts of things that at the end of the day may not last, may not mean what we think they should mean. I watched a movie a couple of weeks ago called Crazy Rich Asians. It's a romantic comedy about this particular family who has so much money. And I don't know about you, but when I watch that, and maybe this happens to you, uh, when we're watching, you know, you, you watch this fantasy life of the rich and famous, and you think, if only I can get there. If only I can have all that money and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm waiting for them to come out with crazy rich Puerto Ricans. I don't know why they haven't come up with that, that title, but I think it's a good one, and we'll see what happens. But I'm still waiting on it. There's a fascination in our culture, and naturally we gravitate towards the allure, the wonder of what life would be like if we had all the money in the world. I, I listened to a famous man who was who is ridiculously rich, and one time in an honest moment, he said, you know, the one thing I didn't realize was that uh, how underwhelming success would feel. Like, I thought when I had a lot of money and I had notoriety and I was famous that it would feel different. But he says, I, I, I didn't realize it wouldn't, it wouldn't feel what I thought, how I thought it would feel. So many invest their lives on trying to make it get ahead, get the next dollar, the next thrill, the next whatever. What are you and I, what are we investing our lives in? What are we investing our lives, what are we trying to collect in our lives? And Jesus today has some thoughts on what we can invest our lives in. And so we're back in the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus starts speaking about treasures. Say treasures. So I bought this treasure chest. It comes from my house. It has something in it, but it may not be what you think. <laughs> it looks like a treasure chest, and I thought, you know, this is pretty appropriate. If you've ever seen pirates' movies, they're always after their treasure chests, right? And so uh, this was just to, to paint a picture of treasure, say treasure. And here's what Jesus says about treasure. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths... Anybody got any moths? You don't have to confess that. And vermin destroy. And where thieves break in and steal. You know, one of the most frustrating things is when, is when something is stolen from me. I remember walking back to, many years ago, walking back to my car and seeing that somebody had broken the window and stolen something from the car. Right? I mean, we think that the glass is going to protect it, right? <laughs> somebody thought otherwise. Jesus says, do not. I want you to notice something. He, in the previous three messages, we've talked about when you give, then when you pray, and then when you fast. And he's talking about when you do these things, they should be done a certain way. But here, he's not talking about when you. He just says, he just starts out right away, says, do not. So listen to Jesus when he talks about this. He's not saying when you. He says, no, no, there's something that I, is so important. I don't want you to live this way. Do not. Store up for yourselves treasures on earth, not here. And he's going to talk about location. Earth is where we dwell. It is the earthly realm. The human realm is where we're at. Don't store up things, treasures for who? For yourselves. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth 
where moth and an older version of the scripture says, and rust destroys. How many of you know that all cars get rusty at some point? Amen? At some point, all cars end their life, and I think all cars go to heaven. I'm not sure how that works, but right? all cars get rusty. They, 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 they decay. And Jesus is saying, um, don't store up for yourselves treasures in a place where decay can come. And it can be easily taken from you. So here's the first villain. Jesus says not to live for accumulating earthly treasures that decay and can easily be taken from you. So that's the first villain. Jesus says not to live for accumulating earthly treasures that can decay and cannot easily be taken from you. So if there is something in your life that can decay and can easily be taken from you, that's what Jesus is talking about. And the idea is don't store up for yourselves Things that will eventually pass. You know, I don't know about you, but there's stuff in my house, uh, or has been in times past, that looked amazing on the, in the store. And once I got it in the store, and for one reason or another, I might not need it to use it right then, and it's in our wonderful garage that my bride has just cleaned up very nicely, by the way. It looks amazing. But it doesn't look the same in, our sto- in the store than it did does in the garage, does it? After a while, I was like, oh, you know, and sometimes, I don't know about you, but we do, we do spring cleaning sometimes. And sometimes I look at my stuff and say, why do I have this stuff? I mean, w- w- at some point I thought it was a good idea. And my bride is wonderful. She, she told me after she did a little bit of spring cleaning, she said, I left some of your things in a particular corner, and, and you can kind of figure out what you want to do with them. <laughs> Amen? Right, because we... We, we get stuff. We get treasures. We, we accumulate. So treasure are riches, valuables, money, wealth, fortune. We're, everybody always dreams of finding a treasure, going on a treasure hunt, you know, whether it's pirates or, or a, 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 there's, there's a famous book called The Count of Monte Cristo where, he, where the key is that he finds an incredible treasure. We always, always want to find treasure. And Jesus is saying, I've talked to you about anger and lust and forgiveness and loving your neighbor. I've talked about how to give and how to pray and how to fast. Now I want to warn you. Don't live your lives to store up stuff for yourselves. We've talked about hoarders before, amen? If you watch that show, you know that some people like to collect things. No one here, praise God. But some of us are collectors. Jesus is saying, be careful. To store up is to collect, to accumulate, to keep something for future use. Oh, I'll need this someday. Be careful. And then Jesus then says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Say heaven. And here's a cool thing about heaven that is different than earth. Heaven and earth, different locations, geography. Here's what's different about heaven and earth. Here's a cool thing. The treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Heaven has a very safe, uh, strong protection I bank at a particular bank. If my bank were to call me and say, hey, I just want you to know your money is here, but our safe is wide open or it's left unlocked, anyone could really go in there and take it anytime. How many know that I would go to the bank, get my money out, put it somewhere where it's what? Where it's safe. Of course you would. Of course I would. And Jesus is saying, I want you to live your lives. I want you to store for yourselves treasures, things that are valuable to you, in a place where they cannot rot, they can't decay, that people can't break in and steal. Here's the next villain. Jesus says to live to accumulate heavenly treasures that will never decay and can never be taken from you. 
that will never decay and can never be taken from you. If uh, one of you who has a Bible can look up Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Mark chapter 10, verse 21. And if I, if I don't see a hand in the next minute or so, then I'll, I'll find it myself. But if you can, Mark chapter 10, verse 21. And I'm going to ask whoever finds it to just raise their hand. And I want you to read it out loud clearly so that everybody can hear it. Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Because it speaks to us. Because the question is, yes, but how? Say, yes, but how? How do we get treasures in heaven? That's really nice that we're talking about treasures on earth and treasures in heaven. But how? Sister, Sister Coco, you have it? Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is a story, if you're not familiar with it. Jesus is doing what Jesus did, and a young man who had a lot of money comes up to him and says, Jesus, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And he, Jesus says, well, you've got to obey the commandments. You've got to love God, love people, and you've got to be good to your parents. You have not to commit adultery, all this stuff. He says, hey, I've done all that, Jesus. So he's feeling awesome. And then he says, okay, young man, and he looked at him, and the Bible says he loved him. Say he loved him. So I want you to know that however Jesus is looking at you and however he's looking at me, he is always looking at us through the eyes of love. Say love. He is never condemning. He's not angry. He's looking at you through love. Now, the truth sometimes is painful, and we have to decide how we're going to approach the truth. But Jesus is always looking at you and looking at me with eyes of love. Say love. And so Jesus looked at this young man. He says, there's only one thing that you lack. You have a lot of money. That's great. Here's what you lack. How I want you to do. I want you to sell all the stuff that you have, and I want you to give the money to the poor. Say the poor. I'll just say this very quickly about the poor. Jesus cares about the poor. He, it matters to him. There's something about it. When Jesus walked into one of the synagogues, and the Bible says he, he stood up to read the scroll of Isaiah, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And one of the first things he says is to preach the good news to the poor. There's something about Jesus and the poor. It, they matter to him. And so when we live our lives, and we, we have, we, as Americans, we do all kinds of things, but we, we live our lives and we stop thinking about or caring for the poor, poor, we're, stop, we're stopping to think about or care about a people group that Jesus cares about very passionately. So he says to this young man, one thing you lack, sell everything you have, give to the poor, and here's what he says, and you will have treasures in heaven. What does that mean? Does that mean that, that we're supposed to give everything and, and have treasure in heaven? And somebody, I was talking to somebody, you know, if I give away all of my money, and then a need arises tomorrow, how many know that I can't help that person tomorrow, right? And so there is a, there is a wisdom, say wisdom. There is some wisdom that God is speaking here, but he's specifically speaking to this young man. Not everyone that Jesus encountered, he said, give your money away. Give your money away. Not everybody. Are you with me? Here's the deal. God has a purpose and a plan for you. He has a call for your life. And each of us have a call that is different than the person next to us. But whatever it is that Jesus says to us, just like he spoke to the rich young ruler, we are to be 
responsible for what Jesus said to us. And so he says, I want you to do this. But, but here's the deal. He didn't just say, sell everything you have and give to the poor. That's, not, so that's all people hear. But here's what he said. He says, sell everything you have, give to the poor, and then come follow me. Say, come follow me. Then come follow me. I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Uh, a little bit behind. If I, if I could hit rewind on the VHS of the Gospels. If you don't know what a VHS is, you can talk to me later about that, okay? If you hit rewind and you look back at when Jesus first called the disciples, the disciples of Jesus were fishing. They were putting their nets down and they were doing what they knew to do. That was their income. That's how they made money. That was their livelihood. They were fishing. At some point, Jesus shows up. And the, their disciples have an experience where they realize that this guy is master and Lord. He is the king of kings. We, he's not just a guy. He is the king. He is God himself. And we must follow him. And Jesus tells them to do this. I want you to, to come and follow me. And do you know what they did? They left their boats. They left their fish. They left their money. And they started walking and following Jesus. The reason, and here's the reason why we know their names, is because they did that. If Peter, James, John, Andrew would have heard the call of Jesus and hey, come follow me. And Jesus says this, you've been fishing for fish. If you follow me, from now on you will catch people. Human beings. I want to take your call that you think is so important, the, the fishing and its work. It's honorable work and, and, and Jesus honors that. But I want you to take it from, from that. I want you to start living a higher place. I want you to start fishing for people's souls. And that's the reason we know who Peter, James, and John are. But the reason we, all we know about the rich young ruler is that he was the rich young ruler is because when Jesus told him, sell everything, give to the poor, and then come follow me. Come be one of my disciples. Come follow me. And maybe you have an opportunity to transform the world. But when he heard that, all he could think about, his heart was in his treasure, which was his money. And the Bible says that he just walked away from Jesus. And he chose his earthly treasures instead of heavenly treasures. So here's the two things that we learned from that text, and they're right in your notes. Give to the poor. It's generosity. Say generosity. And then come follow me. That's discipleship. Say discipleship. I want to say this one more time. I just want you to get this into your heart. Jesus is calling you and me to a life of generosity. Say generosity. Pastor, I'm not rich. That's okay. Whatever it is that you have, be generous with it. Pastor, I just got $1 in my pocket. That's okay. God knows that. Maybe it's not money. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's a smile. Maybe it's an encouragement. Maybe it's serving. Maybe it's helping fix a tire. Whatever it is, be generous with it. Say generosity. And the second thing is discipleship. Say discipleship. Following Jesus. It's not just about what we give up. See, some people think, well, if I become a Christian, I can't go clubbing, and I can't go drinking, and I can't go drugging, and I can't go be, jump from one relationship to another, and I can't do all these things, which, by the way, are destructive anyway, but we, we associate that with fun things. We can't do all those things. We think it's just sacrifice. But Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to lay something down, but I want you to come follow me. 
and you'll experience healing. You'll experience restoration. And I'm actually going to use you to bring healing to other people and to other nations. And maybe I'll use you to start a, a nonprofit that will affect the, the refugees in Ethiopia and, and the Sudanese people. Maybe I'll, I'll, st I'll start a work in you that will affect some orphans in Thailand. Or maybe I'll start a work in you will, will you start affect children in Ethiopia and you help them with cows and baby cows and those kinds of things. Following Jesus is an adventure. Maybe you'll start healing like Jesus did speaking the words of Jesus. Say generosity and discipleship. That's how when we live that kind of life, we store up treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, Jesus says, there your heart will be also. FYI, I never forget where my bank is. I never go, honey, where was it that we put the money? Are you with me? I, we just don't. Why? Because it's the, the little bit of treasure that we have is in there. There's something about where your money is. If it's not in a bank and it's under your mattress, you don't forget that all your money is under the mattress, do you? Because, listen, and here's the next villain. Jesus says there's a deep connection between your treasure and your heart. Between your treasure and your heart. There's a deep connection between your treasure and your heart. Therefore, whatever it is that you treasure, there your heart will be. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Um, when I leave my house, I lock the door. And most of the time, I remember to lock my door because our stuff is in there and I don't want... But here's the deal. But when I leave the house and my kids or my wife are still in the house, I leave and they're still in there, I make sure I lock the door. Because my house has a little bit of treasure, but my, my, my family, that is my treasure. And because I care for it and my heart is connected to my treasure, I lock the door, bless the Lord. Your treasure and your heart have a deep connection. And then, please bear with me, uh, just a few more minutes. Jesus then talks about something that is not easily understood. So just bear with me for a second. Can you do that? We're, gonna, we're studying the scriptures. I want you to, to, to look at this with me and, and think about it with me. Here's what Jesus says after he said, don't stir up treasures on earth, moth and rust, people steal it. No, in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy, people can't steal because your treasure and your heart are connected. So make sure that your heart is in heaven, not in the things of this earth. And then he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? I just want you to know that I've been preaching and, and being a Christian for a long time. Sometimes that text, it's just, it's not easy. Like, what are you talking about, Jesus? You know, you just talk about treasures in heaven and treasures on earth where your heart, your treasure and your heart are connected. What are you talking about? And I'll just take my word for it. We're going to go there in a second. Right after this verse, Jesus continues to talk about the issue of God and money, okay? So he sandwiches this idea of your eyes in between treasures, earth, and heaven, and still talk about God and money. So it has to do, it must have something to do with treasure. Some, it's how do you get treasure from this? And here's a couple of thoughts, okay? So, so bear with me here. Three weeks ago, we talked about, Jesus says, when you give, I want you to give, not so that other people will 
see you, but I want you to do it in secret. And if no one else sees you, he says, God sees you, okay? Then he says, two weeks ago, we talked about prayer. He says, when you pray, I don't want you just to pray to sound really nice so that other people will see you and say, oh, my goodness, what a person of prayer. But pray in secret. Go into your closet, close the door, pray in secret, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And finally, last week, fasting, the same thing. When you fast, don't show it off so that people will see that you're fasting, but do it quietly so that God will see. Are you with me? So there's something about the eyesight here and seeing. There's a, there is seeing from the world's perspective, and then there's seeing from God's perspective. Are you with me? Amen? So then we come to here when it talks about money, and Jesus kind of turns the page a second. He says, it's not just, I don't just want you to care about who is seeing you. Listen to this. Whether it's people seeing you or God seeing you, I want you to, I want to now address the issue of how you see. Not just how people see you, how God sees you, but now how you see the world around you. How you see people when you encounter them in the streets. How you see what happens with, through your sight when you see money or possessions or fame. How you see, and Jesus here says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if, if the light within you, I'm not a physician or a, an ophthalmologist, but I, I understand that what, how we see has to do with light coming in and light re being reflected out. If Jesus says, if the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Here's the next fill-in. Jesus says, there is a deep connection between your vision and your treasure, between your vision and your treasure how do you see the people in your life how do you see when somebody you know money issues how do you see them how does it come out of you and here's what jesus is saying i want you to see things from the perspective of heaven and not the perspective of the people i want you to see not earthly in an earthly way i want you to see from the perspective of heaven through heaven's eyes, if anybody has seen uh, the Prince of Egypt, but look at life through heaven's eyes, right? The idea is that God knows some things that you and I don't, and so how we see matters. And listen, when we are giving, when we are surrendering anger, when we're surrendering lust like we've been talking about, when we start forgiving our neighbor, when we start living out the Sermon on the Mount in prayer, in fasting, in giving, something happens to your heart and you actually start your eyesight starts to change because you start caring about things that before you could care less about. You start loving people that you, you didn't even know. You start caring about the things that God cares about. Jesus says there's a deep connection between your vision and your treasure. So one of my prayers for you and for me is, God, give us good eyes. Give us good eyes because our eyes are connected. You know, when I was about to buy... <clears throat> A, a car. I actually wanted an SUV because what I was driving before some years ago was a, a rusty old minivan that did not fit very many people. And so I wanted a SUV because I, I want one. I want an SUV. Bless the Lord, right? And so whenever I would go shopping for a particular SUV and I wanted a particular SUV, you know, it's an amazing thing. Wherever I would drive, I would start seeing that SUV that I really wanted. And I would park somewhere and I would see that. Because I started in my heart treasuring 
It was a Toyota Highlander. Is that okay to confess my, my sins before you? I wanted a Toyota Highlander with all the goodies. Until the guy told me the price. But anyway, that's another, that's another discussion. But I wanted one. So I started treasuring it. And wherever I went, I would see that. Because I started treasuring it in my heart. You see? And so one of the things that happens uh, is that what I see affects what I start treasuring. And listen, what I start treasuring affects my heart. And so I have to be very careful. God, help me to see what, how you, from heaven's perspective, so that when I look at people, Brother David uh, shared such a powerful message on, on, on lust and, and, and being pure before God. The problem when, when it comes to sexual issues is that a lot of people are seeing with earthly eyes, and earthly eyes always, always want to take what's in it for me. What can I get out of it? Heaven's eyes are, Jesus is always looking to bless, to forgive, to love, to lift up. Are you with me? This is why we can have a whole industry of sex slavery in America and around the world. How is it possible? It's because we have a culture that is so used to seeing their eyes are unhealthy. They don't even see their reality, the demonic things that they're doing, and they inflict pain on people because when they see other people, they think about what can I gain, what can I get? But when God renews by the Holy Spirit, when he renews your eyes, you start seeing and dreaming a different dream. Amen? Jesus finishes and says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve God and money. Either there are some, listen, there are some rich people, very rich, that are mean angry and selfish and you feel it when you talk to them you see it it's like ew their eyes are earthly eyes there are some rich people they're still making millions of dollars who are giving money away to the poor who are giving money for missions are giving money to pour into the kingdom of god are giving money for all these things and people around them don't understand why are you giving all of your money away millions and millions of dollars it's because they've had a change their master is not money money is a tool for them and they use it to serve the real master who is jesus the christ the bible doesn't say that money is the root of all evil the scriptures does say that the love of money when money is I do everything for the dollar. What can I do to get mine? No, 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 no. God, you are my master. And Jesus says, you cannot, you cannot serve two masters. So here's the last feeling. Jesus says, it is not possible to serve both God and money. We must choose. We must choose. We must choose. There is nothing wrong I love this quote. There is nothing wrong with having things. I want you to hear me. Jesus does not say in the Bible, you should have nothing. That's not what, this is not what Jesus says, okay? As a matter of fact, sometimes having things, even there if little things, it can make a huge difference. You know that Jesus was standing after he preached a great sermon, and there were thousands of people around, and they were all starving, hungry, and Jesus says, can't we help them? And everybody says, hey, even if we spent all of our money, we couldn't help them. And this little boy 
comes over and says, I just, this is what I got. I got five fish, five loaves and three fish or whatever it is. Two fish, thank you, Leverett. You can help me in my, my, my scriptural memorization later. Right? Here's some fish. Here's some bread. The boy brought, listen, the boy brought what he had. He was generous, and he gave it to Jesus. And when Jesus gets a hold of what you've got, even though it seems small, thousands of people can be affected. We're not talking about not having anything. We're talking about generosity and discipleship are the key to storing treasures in heaven. My times with God, God loves our times together and our intimate times together when we talk about uh, love and talk about loving people and, and the scriptures and the word of God and, and fasting and praying. Those are all treasures, but also ministering to people, smiling to someone who's having a bad day, giving to someone, serving them. Those are all ways that we can tre uh, store treasures in heaven. It's not possible to serve both God and money. You and I must choose. A famous person said, it is not wrong to have things. It is wrong for things to have you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're calling us to a different plane, a different level. No matter who we are and what we have, you're calling us to live a life for treasures in heaven. God, forgive us for... <laughs> thinking that this life is all there is, and so we have to get everything we can now, and we have to live for everything here on earth. God, it's such a bad investment. Forgive us for living for an investment that can just leave us in one second. Help us to store up treasures in heaven through generosity, giving of what you've given to us, through discipleship, following you every day. Help us to store up treasures in heaven, Lord. I pray that you would forgive us. I pray that you would help us, and I pray that you would anoint us. Fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. And um